part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this wonderful gift. Father, your word says it's the indescribable gift that we use all kinds of words to begin to try to describe Christ. And and yet, Father, all those words fell at the attempt to capture the beauty, the grace, the the wonder of this gift that you have given us, that you would come and dwell among us. So, Father, we make much of that tonight. Truly, it has brought light into the darkness and peace, Father, where there was war, the very war of our souls. So we love you and we thank you. And, Father, as we hear your word tonight, and we hear, Father, that the result of life's changed because of the coming of Christ. Father, let our lives so reflect this change also. We love you and we thank you as we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I'm honored to have my son-in-law come and, and bring the, the sermon tonight. And so, Trevor, come. And uh, thank you again for agreeing to, uh, to lead us tonight. Thank you. Well, it's a joy to be here tonight. Merry Christmas to you. If you do have a copy of God's Word, I invite you to open with me to Luke chapter 2. As you turn there, uh, I just want to start out by saying I, I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. I love the, the sights, the smells, the sounds, the whole thing. For me, uh, I'm in that uh, wonderful minority that says uh, Christmas time really starts in November, right? It's really a two-month buildup. And so I anticipate Christmas for two whole months. And so uh, if, if you're the person who says, you know what, uh, Christmas music is, is year-round, is anytime I want to, or maybe even before Thanksgiving, who's that? Are you like a Christmas music anytime? Wonderful. People of God, I appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, if you are no Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, I pray for you. I pray the Lord would have mercy on your souls. Uh, this night, no, no. I, so I, I love it. I anticipate Christmas. Um, and one of the stories that strikes me in Luke is the story of a man who anticipates something and whose anticipation comes to fruition. He sees the very thing that he has been anticipating all his life. And so if you will look with me, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25. Hear the word of the Lord. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And this is the word of the Lord. So here's a guy, Simeon, right, who's waited his whole life 
for the coming of the Messiah. He waits for what he calls Israel's consolation. This is kind of a strange word, right? We don't use the word consolation very much. Um, to me, I think, you know, it's not a normal word. Why not translate it like Israel's hope, Israel's savior? Why Israel's consolation? Well, consolation is this idea, right, that you provide comfort to someone who is suffering. You console someone. It's, it's almost a word that's deeper than comfort itself, right? We were talking about this earlier. Comfort, I can, I can comfort you in the sense that I can hand you a really nice pillow, make you comfortable, uh, but it's different than consoling you in, in your anguish and your suffering to come alongside you and to give you peace. And so this word, I think, is intentional. And it's a big deal to Simeon to use this word consolation. And it's a big deal to Luke to record Simeon saying this. Because the people of God had suffered, right? They were under Roman rule. They were second-class citizens. They were oppressed, afflicted. Throughout their history, the people of God had experienced judgment and exile. And with all of its guilt and fear and loneliness and death. They knew suffering. And so here's Simeon. Here's Simeon, righteous and devout, filled with the Spirit. And so he's a guy that knows the Scriptures. And I think when he uses this word consolation, I think he has the Scriptures in mind. Particularly, I think two passages I want to show you real quick. You don't have to turn there. They'll be on the screen. The first one, Isaiah 40, 1 and 2. says, comfort, comfort or console my people says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And the second one also in Isaiah 49:13. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has consoled his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. I think these were in Simeon's mind. He's familiar with the scriptures. And so he has a picture of what the Messiah would be. The Messiah would bring healing and restoration from all the past losses and failures and miseries of God's people. And so consolation comes when God comes and heals and restores and revives all that has been lost and thrown away. And so here's Simeon in the temple and a little Jesus, and he sees him and he says, wow, here is the Messiah. And so the Messiah hasn't just come to Israel, but look at what Simeon says. Look what he calls him in verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to Israel. So Jesus has come to bring healing and forgiveness and life to Jew and Gentile alike. Does this remind you of anything? I hope so. It reminds me of the book of Romans. See, Paul in Romans says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power for salvation to everyone who believes first, to who? The Jew, and also to the Gentile. And later Paul would say, for everyone, Jew and Gentile alike, who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. My friend, there's, there's nothing greater that God could give you this year for Christmas 
than consolation and salvation, peace and new life through Jesus Christ. In our Christmas, we sing about what? Peace on earth, joy to the world, right? But we know from experience that life can be anything but peaceful, can be anything but joyful. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what Christmas is like. Maybe Christmas season is really a season of frustration or heartache or fear. Maybe it's a season where you have trouble not recounting the losses that you've experienced this year. Maybe sin has taken its toll on you. You don't know where to turn. And I think perhaps that God allows us to experience these things, the frustrations of life, the sorrows of life, because it makes us long for true peace and true satisfaction, which are only found in him. The Lord Jesus desires to be your consolation, to be my consolation. He alone can take your past, your sins, wash you clean. He alone can bring one from darkness into light that we just talked about. He can bind a broken heart and heal a weary soul. John Piper, a famous pastor, puts it this way. Jesus brings the consolation that God's anger is past. The consolation that our Heavenly Father has a tender affection for us in our weakness. The consolation that our sins are pardoned and cast into the depths of the sea. This is the consolation of Israel that Simeon was looking for. And it's the consolation that you're looking for too. The consolation that I'm looking for too. So if you are here and you have not put your trust in Jesus, I pray you wouldn't leave here without talking to somebody about what that means. You see, here's a guy, Simeon. Righteous, devout man of God, waiting in the temple, anticipating the Messiah who would bring peace on earth. And we eagerly await that day when Jesus will come back and finally bring about ultimate peace on earth. And so as we celebrate Christmas, we we can't lose sight of how connected the, the places of the gospel story are. Jesus was born in a manger to die on a cross. He was buried in a tomb so that he would rise and reign forever from a throne. These are key places and they're all connected and they're all part of the story that matters most to us. And so Simeon saw Jesus and recognized God's salvation in in the flesh. Emmanuel, right? God with us. Here was the Messiah. And he rejoiced. God came to comfort and to save a people for himself. And so like Simeon, we rejoice in his coming. God has come to us and we celebrate during Advent and throughout the whole year. We rejoice and celebrate that God has come for us. And like Simeon, we long for the day when he will come again. When he will bring about our final consolation. He will comfort us and bring about peace and satisfaction. He will alleviate our suffering. For there will be no more tears, there will be no more sorrow or death. And every sad thing will come untrue. That's a glorious day that we look for as we see the Christ child. And so this little child that will run one day ride upon the clouds in victory and save us all, restoring the world for his people, we celebrate him. 
all year round. And so church, my recommendation, my, my exaltation to you is to rejoice in this Jesus tonight. As we celebrate Christmas, let's celebrate our Savior with great expectation. Let's pray together. Father, indeed, we are grateful for your grace to us through your Son, Jesus. Grateful for your mercy that you have, that you would come to us, uh, that in our weakness and our affliction, you would offer salvation. You would offer a way from death to life. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. And I pray, Lord, that even after the Christmas season passes and we get kind of back to the normalcy of life, that, Lord, our hearts would be quickened to rejoice in the gospel, to rejoice in the grace that you've given us, to rejoice in the Savior. Help us to see Jesus and to praise you with all we are. We love you. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.